Welcome to the website of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. It is our purpose in this recording to learn more about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Think about all the things you might be doing at this hour. Recreation, social media, television, sports, news, working in your garden or your yard. You could be doing any of these things. Provided God's will isn't violated, these activities are not inherently wrong. But you've made a good choice about the next 20 minutes to learn more about Jesus Christ. I just want to emphasize how valuable it is for us in whatever venue to be here with our Bibles open to learn more about Jesus Christ. We're going to do that this time from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Let's pay good attention. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he must be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross." Now, in this section of Colossians, we're going to be looking at some of the most useful descriptions of Jesus Christ. Remember that in Colossians, we gather from the epistle, there was widespread false teaching in the vicinity of Colossae. We may not know all the details of that false doctrine or its transmission, but we know it degraded the person and work of Jesus Christ. And we know that Paul wants to make certain the Christians in Colossae are clear in their response to any error about who Jesus was and what he did. So here we enter into a section of the epistle that contains these grand and truth-packed statements about Jesus Christ. It says here, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. There is a little word here that is an important Bible term, image. All the way back to Genesis, we were made in the image of God. That means, for example, just as God can think, speak, respond, feel, and love, he made us that way with those capacities. We were made in the image of God as announced in Genesis 1 verse 27. Now, Jesus was not made in the image of God. No, this says he is the image of God. We were made in the image of God. Jesus is the image of God. It's right there on the page 
Colossians 1.15. Jesus didn't come to earth to change the politics, institute a new economy, or eliminate everything unpleasant. He came to make God visible, to give the concept of deity, a visible reality, a face, a body, a life on earth. He is perfect for that because he is the image of the invisible God. You are familiar with John 1.14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Or Hebrews 1 in verse 3, Jesus is the express image of God. And do you remember what Jesus said to Philip in John 14 verse 9? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. There's more. The firstborn of all creation. That phrase is not about first in time, but first in rank. If you have the new King James, the firstborn over all creation. And likewise, in the New International Version, over creation. This signifies Jesus' superiority and again puts him in a class above us, over us. See, in the Jewish culture, the firstborn held the highest place. Well, Jesus holds the highest place over all creation. He is prior to, distinct from, and highly exalted above every creature. As in Psalms 89:27, God said, I will also make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. And in all the current dialogue about who Jesus is and what he was like, here's something you don't hear in verse 17. For by him all things were created. People today are so confused about creation, so confused. Many do not even conceive of all things being created, having accepted one of the many theories of evolution. This says what Christians need to confess and be vocal about today, that by Jesus Christ, all things were created. It says in the authentic historical account of who Jesus is here, all things were created through him and for him. And this is also reminiscent of Genesis 1.26, when God said, let us make man in our image. We need to understand Jesus was not just there, not just prior to, but involved actively in creation. And thus it is that John affirmed in John 1 verse 3, without him nothing was made that was made. There is no justification for thinking of Christ as a created being. The Bible affirms without him nothing was made that was made. And beyond that, unlike man or angels, not only were all things created through him, but for him that is for his glory. This must be our testimony from Scripture 
to those who are confused about who Jesus is. Verse 17, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Before there was anything, Jesus Christ existed. John 1 verse 1 reminds us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus said, Before Abraham was, I am. In John 8 58, there was never a time when Jesus was not. And in him all things consist. You know that the universe has order and consistency. Even those who denied divine creation not only admit but marvel at the consistency and discipline of the universe. You ever wonder who keeps it all together? Everything holds together. This says, by him, Jesus Christ. Christ is the one who impressed upon creation that principle of unity and solidarity which makes it a cosmos instead of a chaos. He is there at the right hand of God now, and he functions perfectly as the upholder, the sustainer of all, as affirmed here and also in Hebrews chapter 1. Let's go further in Colossians 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. You will not read this in many of the books men have written about Jesus Christ. Secular writers likely do not accept this about Jesus Christ. It has not often been found in the popular literature about him. Islamic literature doesn't give Jesus preeminence. Some of the popular religious cults go to great lengths to deny this. But this is what we believe if we are Christians. We are members of his body, the church. We submit to him who is the head. He has authority and preeminence. We ascribe preeminence to him by the way we think and speak and live. These terms, firstborn, before, head, and preeminent, exalt Jesus, affirm his deity, and speak of him as unique. This is the truth about Jesus, who is crowned with glory and honor, who rules in the hearts of believers. Verse 19, In him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. People today who have not read or studied this passage will try to describe the nature of Jesus Christ. And they will say he was filled with rage against social injustice, or he was filled with the desire to fill everybody with food and lift everybody from the disease and poverty that characterize their lives. Filled with this agenda or this philosophy or whatever men may impose upon him in their misrepresentations. Here's what Paul says. In him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This is an affirmation of his deity. All that God is dwells in Christ. All the fullness. 
The wisdom, the power, the glory of God dwells in Jesus fully, as also expressed in Colossians 2 and verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. You may find little or nothing about this in the movies and books of men. The National Geographic TV uh, documentaries about Jesus do not affirm or emphasize the deity of Christ. But this is the real Jesus described by Paul in the Colossian passage. Can I explain how this can be from an objective scientific standpoint? No. The truth about Christ is not given for my intellectual analysis, but for my belief. It is supernatural. As I read the New Testament and personally encounter the evidence, especially of his birth, his death, his resurrection, all the fulfilled prophecy, all the testimony, I'm convinced. I don't take all this to the laboratory. I take it to heart and to life. And now let me introduce verse 20 this way. If Jesus is who Paul claims him to be, if the evidence supports the affirmations of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John about the person and work of Jesus Christ, then without question, this Jesus is the one who can take you and me out of sin and reconcile us to God, making peace by the blood of his cross. He can respond to your need lead you to your higher purpose, reign over your life to bring you peace and keep you from rebellion and sin. The real Jesus in whom the fullness of deity dwells is more than just an interesting historical figure to be dissected, revised, and remade in our image. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, By him all things were created. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The head of the body, the church, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Therefore, he has the power to take you from, he has the power to take you from the death and alienation of sin and reconcile you to God making peace by the blood of his cross. Now, please stay with me and move to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. Is there something men and women ought to do once they become acquainted with the truth about the real Jesus? Yes. Receive him by the initial activity of your faith and then walk in him. And so I have some takeaways for us. Here's what Christians can and must say to the world. If you want to know what God looks like, open your Bible and learn about Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not talking about a picture book. 
This is not about physical features or physical appearances caught by the physical eye. Jesus, in the life he lived, in what he did and what he said, exhibits the qualities that are the essence of deity, of God. Jesus is the perfect representation of God because he is God. That means when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you become acquainted with the kind of person Jesus was on earth, you're becoming acquainted with God himself. I believe this is more than just an interesting observation or an academic oddity or a line in a creed. It is crucial to our faith. It makes everything real and concrete. It would almost be correct to say Jesus puts a face on God. This is the real Jesus. We are in a class as humans of those made in the image of God. This says Jesus is in another class. He is the image of the invisible God, came in the flesh, lived in a human body, yes, but belonging to a unique class of which there are only three, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching this passage a few years ago in some of my meeting work, I emphasized the point of Colossians 1 by saying this, and I'll close with this. The Islamic religion does not provide reconciliation with God. The Roman Catholic system does not provide reconciliation with God. Denominational creeds do not provide reconciliation with God. The New Age Gnostic philosophy, even when mixed with biblical terms, does not reconcile sinners to God. There's only one way to get out of sin, escape from the consequences, cancel the guilt, and enter into fellowship with God. It is through Jesus Christ and the blood of his cross. Thank you for listening.